Let's open it up to Psalm 42. I'm going to be reading what appears to be a rather discouraging psalm. But it's important because it's going to get us to a great moment. And I feel highly directed of the Lord. You know, sometimes I come and I preach God's word and I always feel like that's the Lord. I do my best to seek the direction of God as I share things with you. And there are times I'll just confess there are times you teach God's word and you believe this is what the people need to hear. And, and, and that's how it works. But there are times as a pastor, you feel highly directed and moved by God to share things. And this is one of those moments. And I want you to have ears to hear. I want you to have a heart to receive. Because I believe God wants to put something in you. And if you're not at this place at this particular moment, you still need to listen to me because there'll be a day you'll be at this place. And, and you're going to remember what I shared with you this morning. Because how many of you know this morning, everybody goes through what we might call a dry season? Come on, is there anyone here that's never been in a dry season? Come on. We'll cast the spirit of lion out of you because I'm here to tell you everybody, everybody faces discouragement. Everybody faces a dry season. Everybody goes through these things. In fact, let me just define guys. You can go ahead and start flashing. I'm going to define a, a, a dry time. A dry time is like those moments when God seems distant. There are moments, you know, God seems close and he's near me. And those are wonderful, aren't they? But then there are times like God's in another universe somewhere. He doesn't know my address. He doesn't know my phone number. He doesn't know what's going on in my life. I don't even know where God is anymore. I mean, I love him. If you ask me, I tell you I love him. I serve him. But he's just, he isn't in the, he isn't in the building. It's, it's, it's a moment when you're praying and, and there are moments that you pray and you feel like you're hitting the mark and, and God's hearing your prayers and, and, and they're precious, sweet, wonderful times. But is it not true? There are moments you've gotten up to pray and you said, where in the world's God? I'm praying to the ceiling or I'm praying to the floor or, 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 or I'm just I'm praying, but I don't know that my praying's even getting me any place. They just they just seem ineffectual and they aren't punching their way through. There are times when you feel like God's talking to you. Every time you turn around, you're hearing his voice and, and he's speaking to you through events and circumstances and through his word. But is it not true? There are also those moments you couldn't pay to hear God's voice. It seems like God's not talking or at least he's not talking to you. He's not speaking through his word. You're reading the scripture and it's dry as toast. You're not getting anything out of the book. You're not getting anything getting anything from him personally. It's just a dry time. I'm going to share some insight with you that if you've not known this, I believe it's going to set some of you free. Everybody goes through a dry time. Churches go through dry seasons. Now, I'm grateful personally that that we're, we're in a pretty good season as a local body. The presence of God is amongst us. I sense God as we worship. It's a wonderful season. Do not... Take these seasons for granted because God will allow dry times to come and when they come, it will test our character. But when those good seasons come, embrace it. But listen to me, this is what's important. Everybody, and when you're in a dry season, everybody can be experiencing the presence of God and it seems like you're the only one that isn't experiencing anything. Everybody else is jumping up and down, they're hooting and hollering, but there ain't nothing happening in your heart. And people go through this. Now, what can make it worse is when it seems like he's talking to so many miracles are happening to them or here or pastor shared all this great stuff. But 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 how come I'm in this season? 
when everyone else is in a, a better season? Well, the reason it's important to identify and deal with this is because this is usually the point. If you do not handle this moment as you should, this is usually the point that people get ensnared. This is the point where people suddenly turn and they can become negative or they can become critical. They begin to change their confession. They begin to, they begin to get their eyes looking other directions. This is the moment, if we do not know how to handle this, when people give up and they throw in the towel and they, they, they walk away from the things of God. And, and so I want to share with you, and, and even as the Lord was speaking to me about this, I said, well, Lord, actually, we're in a pretty good season right now. And, and you want to talk about a dry season? And the Lord said, just share it. So I'm going to share this with you this morning, because even if you're on top of the mountain and, and it hasn't been better for you, I just want to share that seasons change. Ecclesiastes 3 says that there's a season for everything and there's a reason and a season for dry times. Now, I want to read to you out of Psalm 42. And it's not a funny psalm. It's kind of a depressing psalm. David's writing some things. And as I read it, there was a part of me that just sort of, I don't want to say this. I don't want to, it wasn't like it was a, uh, an accusing thing, but I just, I chuckled as I read it because I thought, boy, I, I could have, I could have written this psalm on, on different occasions. Listen to what he says here in Psalm 42. I'm going to read the whole thing and ask yourself as you're hearing it or reading it, if you couldn't have written something like this at some point in your life, listen to what he says. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall, when shall I come and appear before God? Now listen, my tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Now, this is what he's saying. He said, I used to do this, but there's something happening in me that's so discouraging that as, as I'm crying, I'm, I'm, I'm really saying, God, where are you? Verse five. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Have you ever talked to yourself? Well, there's biblical reason for that now. He's talking to himself. My, my daughter always makes fun of me because as we're going down the road, she usually sleeps on the way to school and maybe I'm listening to the radio. Sometimes I'm thinking through my day and she says that I'll talk to myself as I'm going down the road. She said, yeah, you can see daddy. He'll just be going. And, and she thinks that's hilarious and it probably is hilarious. But I just want you to know that I have biblical scripture here for talking to myself. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. See, he's talking to himself. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mazar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Remember now he's talking to himself. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me 
while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. I love that psalm because, number one, David gets real. He says, right now, I am downcast. I am depressed. I am discouraged. So I'm just going to start talking to myself. And as he talks to himself, this is what he says to his soul. He says to his soul, hope in God. Remember what I told you hope is? It's expectation. And he literally starts saying to himself, come on, expect God to move. Expect God to come through. This will change. It's just a season. Come on, begin to have expectation in God. But I love this psalm because number one, as well as a positive confession, number one is he tells us that there's a reality to this dry season. A dry season. As a believer, you're going to face these types of moments. In fact, all of us have written this psalm in some form or fashion. In fact, it's interesting as you read through the book of Psalms, there are some of them that are incredibly uh, inspiring, incredibly encouraging, but there are some in here that I just, like I said, I kind of chuckle over. This one, he's discouraged. Psalm 35 is, he's, he's upset at all of his enemies and he's praying to God and he says something like, Lord, you know, let the angel of the Lord chase my enemies and catch them and beat them as dust in the wind. Man, I thought, yeah, I've always wanted to pray like that. I, I've got me a verse here to do that. But David just is putting it out there before the Lord. But the good thing about David is as he puts out his reality, he comes back to what it is he needs to be doing in order to press through the moment that he's in. And in your walk as a believer, you're going to have to continually navigate two seasons. Navigate two seasons. The first season is the favorable season. Isn't that a great season? Can you say amen to favor? Amen. I love the favor of God. I love when God blesses and he prospers. He enlarges us. He wants to show his goodness in our life. He wants to relate to you as a good father would relate to his children. And a favorable season is a wonderful thing. Now, I've served the Lord since I was 18 years old. I'm 51. That's 33. If you can add quickly, 33 years I've walked with God. And in those 33 years, I've had seasons of favor. I've had seasons where it's like, you know, what we would call the Midas touch. It doesn't matter what you touch. It just works. In fact, when you're in a favorable season, this is kind of the deception of a favorable season is you can do things you know are wrong and it'll still turn out right. And that's the deception of a favorable season. It's because a lot of times in our carnality, we will begin to we will begin to quit the disciplines of life and we will forget the lessons that we should have learned in other times. And because we're walking under favor, we get sloppy. Now, don't misunderstand me. I love favor. I love when favor comes and, and I accidentally do something that I didn't mean to do that, that God just covers and he still causes favor to exist. And that's a wonderful thing. So believe me, when the favorable seasons come, I receive it with gladness. But hear me, when the favorable season comes, we're going to have to learn how to humbly receive that favor and not be this arrogant child who just expects it in the sense of, I deserve it. Now, we should expect good things from our God, but you can't sit here and say, I demand my rights. I deserve it. You've watched children throw temper tantrums, haven't you? 
Just go to a grocery store on some Saturday and go down the animal cracker aisle. And for whatever reason, Junior isn't going to get his animal crackers today. And he pitches a fit. And he goes crazy and he pitches his fit. And I've watched it so many times that mom will grab the animal cracker box and just say, take it, Junior. Just to keep the kid quiet. What did that teach him? It taught him, if I scream loud enough and throw a tantrum in public and put you on the spot, I get what I want. Sometimes we do that as believers. We aren't, we aren't functioning under precept. We're actually f- functioning under a false faith or a false expectation where we begin to somehow demand our rights. And, and, and a favorable season, just come on, keep it in the forefront. When you're in favor, give God the glory. Receive it humbly. Rejoice in what He's doing. Don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. Don't get a brain cramp. I mean, listen, I pastors, pastors get in a favorable season and they get brain cramped. They get favor on their life and then all of a sudden they're too big for their britches. And, and, and listen, I'll, I have as much trouble with it as any congregant would have trouble with it because when a high-profile pastor gets a brain cramp and he falls, it sloshes on me usually just a little bit. And people go, I told you, you couldn't trust, you couldn't trust them preachers. Listen, you might not have been able to trust him, but I ain't him. All right. And you, you aren't that person over there, that person over there. And so, so we got to keep that in mind, but it just reminds us that when God does good things, we receive it humbly. Don't be an arrogant King's kid, be a humble, uh, 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 you know, just, just childlike believer who can receive good things. The second season that I've experienced and you will too, is the dry season. And they're going to come. I'm just telling you, it's not a bad confession. I'm not, I'm not doing a bad confession. Don't come up to me and say, don't confess that. Just be quiet. Ecclesiastes three says there's a season for everything. I'm confessing the word. I'm tired of, 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 of people just picking out the dessert verses and not getting the meat verses. And one of the meat verses is there's a season for everything. And you're going to go through sometime in your life a dry season. I've had pastors ask me, they said, how's it going at the church? I said, you know what? We're in a really good season. It's, it's a peaceful season, a favorable season. And this is what I tell them. I said, and you know what? I'm going to ride that wave as long as it goes. And I'm going to let it take me into the beach and push me as far up on shore as that wave will take me because I know seasons change. And dry seasons come. Now, why the dry season? Well, God, God allows a dry season because these are the moments that he can use to purify. You know, I, I found out that I've learned a lot more through adversity than I have through success. I mean, when you're when you're successful, you don't even think about it. You just you just receive the benefit or the or the reward of the success and you just go on. You never once analyze your success. You just smile and take the raise. Never once thinking about that. But I will assure you, when you are in an adverse situation, that's the moment, if you'll allow the Lord, He can teach you some things. And I've found through dry seasons, that's usually when I learn, when I'm taught, when I grow up some more, when God purifies my heart, and He begins to impart things into my character. Now, a favorable season I love, but but these things that I just mentioned to you, I learn mostly during a dry season. And the truth is, you will have to learn some things 
that are even more important to you in the dry season than what you think you need in the favorable season. There are some virtues that he's trying to work in your life that will ultimately produce more Christ-likeness in you, more, more divine toughness in you, more character in you. You won't get them any other way than by facing a dry or adverse season. And so when they come, hear me now, I'm not asking for it because they come. There's a season for everything. But when they come, I best know how to navigate it. Because it will either be used for my exaltation or it will be used to take me out. And the question oftentimes lands in our decision making and our choices. Now, let me just share with you what I think a dry season reveals. Just a couple of things here couple things, a dry season begins to unveil in every believer's heart. Number one, it's this. Are you living by faith? Because truth is, when favor comes your way, and, and you know, it's just like the land stuff that I was telling you about. When that comes our way, that's a wonderful thing. But if we aren't careful, we'll start, we'll start saying to ourselves, all my needs are met. I don't have to worry. I can put it in coast, and I can just sort of slide on through. And that's the worst thing we can do. It's the dry season that teaches us, are you living by faith? Listen, will you pursue God when there's no feeling that will help motivate you? It's easy to do right when it feels right, isn't it? Isn't it when it feels right? It's easy. It's like taking those boxes. It just felt right. So we grab those boxes. Well, praise God that that time it felt right. But will you do right even when it doesn't feel right? You see, the feelings come and go. A dry season can leave you feeling dry. But that's the moment that you're no longer confronted with, I'm doing this or I'm serving God because it just feels good. But now I'm serving God because I've made the choice. I've made the decision that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to keep walking with Him. If he dries up everything around me and I lose it all, I'm going to keep honoring him. I'm going to keep walking with him and talking with him. And if he doesn't hear me, I'm just going to keep speaking anyway. This is my moment. I get to walk by faith. And that's what a dry season can do. Will you keep doing what you know to do is right? Will you keep living by faith? Number two, it, it attaches to this. Will you persevere? Because a dry season, as I mentioned, is a season many people throw in the towel. So is that what you will do? Will you throw in the towel or will you decide you're going to press in and begin to pursue him and chase him? You know, it's interesting to me. And this was, you know, this was I don't want to get into this because I'll get booze and cheers. So so I want to be careful how I say this. But but college football season just is an interesting season. People win, people lose. Teams Teams step up and they, they, they do great exploits and other teams collapse and their season goes down the drain. And it's interesting that when they interview coaches, you know, it's really, it's, I don't think that's fair oftentimes. You know how those ESPN reporters will run down those coaches right after the game or at halftime even. And they'll put a microphone in their face and the guy just got beat, you know, he just, he just got beat 65 to 3. And the reporter runs up and sticks a microphone in his face and says, Coach, Coach, tell us what went wrong today. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're the, and, and bless their hearts, most of them do a pretty good job. But I'm sitting there thinking, somebody sticks a mic, what did you do wrong today? You just want to look and say, are you blind? We got, you know what, handed to us. 
I mean, it doesn't seem quite fair. But it's interesting that when they interview these coaches, many times they'll say something to the, the effect of this, especially when there's a loss. They'll say something to the effect, well, you know, we lost, we hate losing, but now we're going to find out the character of this ball club. That's interesting they use that phrase, we're going to find the character of this ball club. Why do they say that? Because coaches know that character shows up not when you're winning every ball game, but character shows up when you're in an adverse situation. That's when your character shows up. The greatest indicator of your true spirituality is not when you're in a favorable season. The true indicator of just how spiritual you are is when it's dry in your life. And you still pursue God when it's dry in your life and you're still worshiping God when it's dry in your life and everyone else is shouting and hollering and jumping up and down and you're standing there going, Lord, I don't feel a thing, but I lift my hands to you. That's when the true spirituality begins to come out, when it ceases to be fun anymore. When church isn't fun, pastor wasn't that funny this Sunday. In fact, he hadn't been funny for a few weeks now. And I don't know if I can, you know, it's just not like it used to be. And I was excited when I first was there, but I'm not so excited now. And Hey, you know what? Now it's character time. Let me tell you, I, I, church life hadn't been fun for me. But you know what? Character is when you keep persevering, even under an adverse situation. Number three, dry times reveal the truth as to whether you've been truly transformed. Now think about this for just a minute. Some people follow the Lord as long as he keeps the benefits flowing. As long as he keeps resource coming, as long as he keeps healing happening, as long as he keeps all the helps that Psalm 103 says that he can do, keep flowing into my life. I'll keep following him. But the minute, the minute that the resource river dries up, they're gone. Now listen, it shows us whether or not you've truly been transformed. See, if, if things dry up, you're still in it because your insides have been transformed. Now I want you to think about this as well, because if, if we don't keep the sins under the blood, if we don't continue to walk in the light as He is in the light, you know, sin will alienate us from God. And it drives His presence away from us. And so... So we, we find out whether or not we're truly transformed because we can't, we can't keep in carnal or even sinful ways without feeling smitten by it or convicted by it. And so we're confronted with the truth. Am I transformed or am I not transformed? And dry seasons are those seasons that that gets revealed to us. And then number four, finally, sometimes it reveals as to whether we can endure suffering for righteousness sake. A dry time, I think, is a lot like an athlete's practice schedule. Now, some of you may not have played sports, but maybe you can still identify with the analogy I'm fixing to give you that, that there are sports, and we're in football season, we'll just use football as the example. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, but football players, especially college football players, they have what they call spring practice. And so in the spring of the year, they're all practicing, practicing, practicing. Really, if you're a scholarship athlete, it's your full-time job. So you're out there practicing, practicing, practicing. And then, and then you get to summer. And when you get to summer, everyone that's played football knows what happens in the summer. You've, you've either got two or three-a-days. Two-a-days or three-a-days. Kind of depends on 
on how the coach sets things up. But there you are again for numbers of weeks in the morning and in the evening. You're practicing, 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 practicing. You're having meetings. You're practicing, practicing, practicing. And then finally, the season starts and you play your first game. There's one game. You prepare for that one game. You play the game. You win, you lose, whatever happens. And then for the next week, you what do you do? You practice, you practice, you practice, you practice, you practice. And then you have a, a, another game. Now listen to me. Suffering for righteousness sake is a lot like football two-a-days. You've got, you've got to ask yourself the question in this time of adversity or in this time of suffering or in this dry time, this is, this is when I'm putting to practice those things that I've been taught. These are the moments that I pull out my notes that pastor gave me on Sunday when he dealt with that thing and I can read them and now I've really got to do this. And you find yourself practicing, 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 practicing. And I know it doesn't feel good because nobody's in the stands cheering you. Nobody's clapping for what you did at practice. Nobody's, nobody's looking at you saying you're all that in a bag of chips. You don't get the ESPN reporter running up to you after the game, after your practice, and, and, and putting the mic and tell, tell me what you thought of that practice. Nobody does. You're, 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 getting, you're getting ready for that moment when the stadium is filled and the game is on the line. But you are never ready for that moment until you have succeeded moving through these adverse moments. This is what the body of Christ in America doesn't get. It thinks that when God blesses, it's ready. We are not ready for a blessing because we've not been doing well in our adverse moments. Adversity causes us to get on our knees and before God on our faces and say, oh God, I'm not feeling anything. I don't have any revelation at the moment. I'm not sure I, I understand all your ways at this particular time period in my life. But I am telling you, I will lift my hands. Soul, do not be downcast. Lift yourself up. Eyes look to the hills from whence cometh my help. And God, I will be here for you if you leave me here forever. And God looks at that person. In that adverse moment, God looks at that person. And yes, He may keep you there a while longer, but there's something in His heart that says, I can open the windows up over Him. Because He will handle what I'd really like to do in the earth and in His life. See, these are the moments. Folks, some of you right now, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. And it's a good season in church life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But for you personally, you would be saying, well, you know, it's kind of dry. Maybe it's dry in, in a certain area. But this is the moment you are preparing for the big day. And if you'll navigate this moment, you will be rewarded for your walk of faith. If you navigate the dry season. Now, how do, how do we do that? How do we navigate it? In fact, how do I, can I get out of it? Is it possible to get out of it? Well, I think there are some things we can do to get out of it. Real quick, Psalm 63. David prayed a psalm that, you know, was negative and real, but he also prayed some psalms that, that were absolutely the answer to what was going on. I'm going to read this real quick. Psalm 63, listen now. Beginning with verse 1. It says, O oh God, you're my God, early... Will I seek you? My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So, now this is the moment you need to start underlining. 
So, I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you've been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Come on. These are the things that David begins to do in order to break out of that dry season that he was praying about there in Psalm 42. Come on, write this down real quick. I'm going to go through this fast, super fast, because here's what we're going to do. Before this day's over, we're going to invite the musicians. Not yet, guys. Don't move yet. But here in just a moment, I'm going to invite them back, and then we're going to press through. And some of you, you're ready to break through into a new season, and I'm going to give you a little help this morning. Because I believe that the season we're enjoying as a body is a season that was meant to be enjoyed by you as an individual. And we're going to help you. Now, I can't promise because God sovereignly puts people in different places. But in as much as I can be of help, I'm going to do my best to help you break through into a new season. But here are some things that I just want to give you. Number one, he says this. He says, you got to get to the house of God. Say, why would he say that? Well, it's because isolation destroys you. You need to rub shoulders with people on the mountaintop, even when you're in the valley. You know, sometimes you just get around mountaintop people and they have the ability to pull you up. That's why you come to the house of God. Don't you know, discouragement and depression always seeks to isolate you. They always want you to stay at home. Don't do this. And, and, and you get depressed and that's what you do. I'm telling you, fight that. Get to the sanctuary. I have seen dry seasons change in one worship service in people's lives. Because they were just around some folks who were in a good season and they literally had the ability to pull them into their next season. Number two, you got to choose to praise God. That's what he says here. My lips shall praise you. You have a choice to make in your dry season. Will I be who I said I was when everything was flowing incredibly or am I a fair weather believer? Come on now, let's not be fair weather believers. As long as God's doing good, I'm with you, Lord. I'm with you all the way. I'll serve you till my dying day. And the minute it switches, you're going, I don't know that I want to do this. Can you imagine what God thinks about that? Listen, we've got to choose to praise God. Your praise will mean more to God in a dry spell than it will in a favorable season. I mean, if you praise God because everything's going great, he'll receive it and, and he's honored by it. But can you imagine what trips in the heart of God when he sees you in a dry season, but you lift your hands to the Lord and you say, I'm still with you, man. I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you to the very end. I tell you what, seasons change to those people. Number three, you got to put some action with your praise. He says, as I bless you while I live, I'm going to lift my hands in your name. Listen, we just, if you want to change a season, quit moping before the Lord. Come on, you think moping, it's, it's, it's like a kid, it's like a kid who thinks if they mope around the house, mom and dad's going to yield to them. And sometimes mom and dad does yield to them because the moping worked. But this is the interesting thing about God. He is unmoved by our moping. I mean, totally unmoved. So force your lips to sing. Soul, arise. I know you don't feel like it, soul, but yes, you will sing. Lips, you will move. Lungs, you will fill with air. Vocal box, you will begin to shout. 
Force? Yes, hands. You will. Yes, you will. I command you in Jesus' name, stay there. In Jesus' name. Come on, press your way through. You're not a victim. It's a season. Yes, you're in a season, but you're not a victim to that season. God is giving you the opportunity in an adverse, dry season to be more than a conqueror. Is it dry? Yes, but I am not going to become dry bones. Number four, quickly find your satisfaction in where you are at the moment. He says, my soul will be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Even though you're in a dry moment, it's an adverse season. You're still better off. Do you realize this? The 90% of the planet. Do you know right now I could take you to places all over this planet and drop you in that place and you would say, take me home. You don't have it as bad as you think you've got at this particular moment. Now, does that mean that God doesn't care or we're minimizing what you're facing? No, I'm just simply saying to you, keep things in perspective. Find your satisfaction where you are. I found myself in moments where, no, I didn't like where I was. I didn't like what was going on. I didn't personally like me. I didn't like much of anybody around me. I, I was in that moment. But you know what? Here I am. I ain't going anywhere. So here I am. So you know what? I'm like Paul, where he said, it doesn't matter whether I abound or whether I'm abased, but that I would be content in all things. And when God sees that, I'm telling you, those are the people positioned for a seasonal change. And then finally, number five, he says, meditate, meditate. In verse six, he says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate. I've taught on this before. I may at the beginning of the year teach on it again, but meditation is really imagination. Begin to imagine his word, meditate on his goodness. Think about all the things that he promised. Begin to review what God has done in your life in times past. Come on, has God ever come through in your life? Talk to me. Has God ever come through in your life in times past? Sometimes Has He ever? Come on, has there been a moment, at least one, that you can look back to in all your years when you know God came through, He intervened, He blessed you, He delivered you, He changed the scenario, God did it. Here's the good news, if God did it before, He will do it again. Yes, He will. Come on, that's our God. He doesn't do His best work in days past. Greater things yet he can do. The glory of the latter house is greater than the former. And he's got greater things to do in your life. Yes, he does. But the key is, will, will you navigate? Will you prevail? Will you press through? Will you stay true? Will you be faithful? Even when it's a dry time. Now, again, I, Lord, I'm thankful. I am thankful, so thankful for a good season. I'm glad I can stand before you and say it's really a good season in my life. And I could testify for my wife and my family. It's a good season for us. And believe me, I, I, I know what an adverse season looks like. I've had good seasons. I've had adverse seasons. I'm not so naive to think that in my next 45 years of preaching, that there may be an adverse season or two that come my direction. But here's the deal. The deal is when they come, 
He isn't going to see me quitting. He isn't going to see me turning tail. He isn't going to see, he's going to see me in the same position I was in when it was all going good. I'm, un, I'm unmoved. Listen, that's how we need to be, church. Listen to me. It's a great season. But church, listen, I, I, I see our culture and I know where this thing's going and there may be a day the world drops on us and it challenges us and it taunts us and it tests us. It may even persecute us. I don't want that. I'm not looking for it. I, I want to believe that it won't happen. But the question is, when it comes, will you be the one that gets purged or will you be the one that stands strong? You may be in a good season. Praise God for it and honor him. Be humble. Be humble. But know this. If you're in an adverse season or you've got more seasons, you know you'll face. Listen to me. You can still prevail. But this morning before we go, we're going to spring some people into a new season. I don't want anybody left behind in a good season. So let's stand, shall we? Musicians, can you come help me here for just a moment?